Ladies and gentlemen, in the blue corner, standing at a sleek 5'11", 245 pounds, the tumultuous tempest of technique, Thomas Lilly. And in the red corner, at a curvaceous 5'11", 315 pounds, the jovial juggernaut of judgment, John Cheryl Sheridan. A meeting of the masters of mastication turn your attention as they delve deep into all things lifting and more. This is Peak Speak. It's a beautiful fall right now, and our friends at Manscaped want to make sure it's beautiful when your pants fall. Don't let the trees be the only thing dropping their excess leaves. Give your trunk the look it deserves with the leaders in male grooming and their fourth generation performance package, boys. It's your baby makers ready for a cuffing season like no other and join the 4 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code PEAKSPEAK. You can seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver to keep your pumpkin spiced the right way all fall long. Absolutely. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PEAKSPEAK. Manscaped.com is 20% off. Free shipping with the code PEAKSPEAK at Manscaped.com. Make sure you have the best package for your package and choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Indeed, they will. I'm starting to find it quite difficult to breathe, if I'm honest. Because of all the smoke. Yeah, I feel like I'm fucking smoking a packet of cigarettes. Not that I know what that's like, but I imagine it's something like this because I can't breathe. Well, now you know a little bit of what it was like to be in Canberra in the summer of 2019-2020, I think it was. Wasn't it after just... the first round of COVID? No, it was right before the first oh, round of okay. COVID. Because we were all like, all of Canberra was on edge for three months because we were all just inhaling smoke. And uh, then uh, we were all like, oh, life is great. And then we all got locked down. <laughs> oh, um, dear. So, well, yeah. that's a reference to me barbecuing and I've essentially smoked out my entire gym because all the doors are mostly closed because it's pissing down with rain here. So that's my story. Classic barbecue weather, pissing mm -hmm. down with rain. At least it's not cold and pissing down with rain because that makes it worse. Well, it's not cold, but Queenslanders are freezing because they're Queenslanders. So yes, uh, I'm finding it quite delightful. Everyone else is dressed like they're going to the snow. As someone who was one of the maybe three people in the water in Queensland when I was there for APL Nationals, however long ago it was, I can certainly see how that would be the case. Definitely. If you are feeling cold, warm yourself up. Grab yourself a nice cup of joe. Thanks to our sponsors, Prism Coffee. Indeed. They make some of the most delicious coffee in the world i'm gonna go out there and put that one out there just we're just gonna say that that's a thing now Done. and you can you can use the code peakspeak at checkout to save yourself some dollars sick dollars speaking of barbecue you guys have an event on this weekend what you got yeah, going man. on uh ladies of lifting our annual all women's competition that we run for charity uh we've got I want to say it's like 62 or something, but I have a few emails sitting in my inbox of people pulling out. Uh, so it'll probably be just under 60 women uh, stepping on the platform on Sunday. Uh, our good friend, Stefan, friend of the show, Stefan, Brisket and Braun, is coming down, uh, I think as we speak or possibly later this afternoon, um, and is coming to sling some barbecue, which is good. 
This time he's bringing more food than he did last time because he sold out in like fucking two and a half hours last time. Uh, So yeah, it's going to be a good day, man. It's genuinely one of my favorite comps of the year um, just because the atmosphere is always just a bit more of a party vibe. I, I don't know exactly what it is about not having men competing that makes the whole vibe just a little bit more relaxed and enjoyable but i think because because of that you know it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in that a lot of women who feel like maybe they would be too intimidated to compete at one of our regular novice comps will come and do this one instead Mm. Uh, so that just gives it a really nice vibe so it's always a fun day it's a big day like 60 is about as big as i want my mates to get before it gets too hectic um are you doing four consecutive flights or splitting it into two comps no we're doing it in in one hit uh this time i don't like like i like the concept of doing it in two comps but it makes for a really fucking long day and based on the fact that we're already we've dropped below 60 we'll probably be able to squeeze it into three flights Mm -hmm. um because with novice comps you can just kind of get away with make them a bit bigger uh, yeah make them a bit bigger and like the weight, especially because it's a all female comp the weights just aren't going to be big enough that it's going to be a huge issue with with less uh with more people in each flight so i'd like to have three flights that would be my preference yes that fourth flight really just adds a lot of extra time to the um the whole piece Hmm. uh i apologize to whoever can hear the dogs whimpering in the background um huxley really wants to get out and my brother's dog uh, Sasha the Jack Russell may well just bark at him at some point so you'll just have to add that in as atmospherics if you will excellent we ran our um we we were having annual female only comp as well we ran that yeah that was weekend yeah cool how um, was it yeah it was fun it was it was smaller than yours it was only uh I ran it in two flights um and I ran it on the same day as uh, we held Queensland's first USAPL comp, which was also very small. So it was yeah, a cool I th- day. I couldn't I couldn't tell from the post whether you'd run them like on consecutive days or on the same day, but that's cool. Yeah, well the plan was to do it over the weekend because we yeah. already we already had the women's comp locked in and then decided to do the USAPL comp. So I was just like, oh, let's just do it the same weekend because it works nicely. Um and then as we started getting closer, I was like the numbers just aren't quite there to justify doing it over two days so we'll just condense it to one day man two uh, days is hard because you've got to have twice the volunteers yeah yeah twice the volunteers twice the um twice the demand on the gym as well in terms of yeah. you know people can't train so uh yeah it was just better to have it in the one day and it worked out really well um yeah so yeah that was that was our weekend last weekend yeah awesome man i always think it's actually really cool to be able to mix the novice aspect with the sanctioned aspect of comps as well it's one of the reasons we started doing our the gpc push pull that we normally do at the end of the year like first weekend in december we um started combining with a novice comp a couple of years ago just because it's i think it's a cool way to be able to show novice lifters what the sanctioned side looks like for sure uh and to give them a little bit of an insight into that because i think sometimes that disconnect can be a little bit confronting for people so yeah um, i I always like that as an idea i think it's cool well it's almost like a pro-am i i I, um if it wasn't an all-female comp i would have put them together uh, but because yeah. it was an all-female comp, it kind of shits all over it if you throw it in with a mixed comp anyway. So yeah, yeah, um, I, agree. I just ran them as, as two separate comps on the same day. Um, yeah, cool. But yeah, it was great. Awesome. It was great. All right, well, um, I've been having this conversation quite a bit lately just in, in coach development stuff and uh, just in talking to other people about uh, the interesting shift in the dynamic of what coaching uh, looks like. Uh, we recorded a podcast with Jordan when he was here, Jordan Cello, and... Um, 
it was mostly about business stuff and we sort of touched on it there as well and it's, it's just an interesting conversation and it's not about um pointing out or you know what style of coaching or what approach is better or worse but merely an observation of the direction things are are heading and, and we've entered into this like hugely informational age uh that's given a platform for people that haven't walked the walk to be able to talk the talk if they have the knowledge um, and there are a lot of extremely smart, uh, intelligent, sort of well-read people uh, that, that, that are doing their best to, to have an influence in a training space that maybe don't have that experience. And as much as it sounds like old man yells at cloud or, you know, us becoming morphing into Louis Simmons over time, um, there is so much to be said for experience, especially in this game where the measurables are kind of immeasurable. Yeah, you know, like if if an example of this might be something like a technical nuance where it's like no, the um, the joints have to be aligned in this way for these fibers to act like this. It's like that's really nice to say and to you know um, extract from some sort of study, but you can't actually measure that when you're watching someone do a bench press or a squat. No. You don't know what muscles are doing what at what point in time. So it's nice to have that notion, but if you build your entire model around it, you might just ignore what's happening in front of you which is it's working or it's not working and there's yeah. a lot of people that justify things as you know gold standard based on what's on paper that just miss the information in front of them which is like their lifters aren't going anywhere or they're not improving as well as they could uh, so i just wanted to i guess open up this conversation and 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 chat about uh you know the observations of where things are heading yeah man i i think it's it's one of those continually very interesting aspects of of the industry that we're in and the arm of the industry that we're in where oh my god dog shut up <laughs> fucking little dogs man just problems always just something to prove anyway uh yeah it's an interesting aspect of the the industry and the part of the industry that we exist in and, and what we do exists in because it is specialized right there is you know being a powerlifting coach or someone who coaches powerlifters uh has more of a specialization to it and so there are all these people like you said with lots of knowledge who are positioning themselves as experts in the field which is marketing 101 right you've got to be able to differentiate your services from someone else's you've got to be able to to be that you know expert in the field those sort of things but uh in, in the same vein as uh, Mr. Bradley's uh, controversial Instagram post recently, uh, the other day about uh, business coaches, um, Angus. which Man. is mostly just hilarious to watch people respond to Angus in exactly the way Angus intends people to respond to him, regardless of what it is that he's saying, because that's the fucking funniest bit. Um, but it's that idea of business coaching, right? And how there's these there's all these people selling business coaching to people who haven't done a lot of actual coaching mm. uh and i think that's the the interesting thing about our industry uh, broadly but specifically our our part of the industry and actually this is a, a comment i stole from you because i was re-listening to one of our episodes yesterday or the day before about um uh collaborating with your coach i can't remember what episode number it was but anyway i was listening to that because i'm uh like doing a video for like how to get the most out of your coaching to to send to members and stuff like that and so i was just kind of re-listening to that and one of the things you said in that was that 
we exist in an interesting world where our expertise and our skill set is entirely reliant on the person that we are presenting it to to do the work to validate our processes right and so i think the the problem is in the instagram world is that you can appear to be incredibly insightful by putting together good content, by being kind of half useful at using Canva or something similar like that and creating this really beautiful surface level understanding of like, yeah, you're an expert, you talk the talk, but it's the lack of walking the walk that's the thing, right? Because you can have all these incredibly nuanced technical models, but if you can't get someone to do what you want them to do and have that person then get the results that they want to get, not that you want to get because your thoughts and feelings in this case don't actually matter as a coach. It's about the person that you're serving. Uh, that, yeah, you, you run into these issues where on the surface it looks like you're a really successful coach, but in practice you're not actually coaching anyone who's useful, right? And I think sometimes there's this disconnect between people who are using Instagram as, you know, creating their educational uh, content and stuff like that, but not necessarily doing a lot of actual coaching. Uh, and then there are people who are just relatively quiet on Instagram and are coaching hard and a big group of athletes. And as an athlete, I'd rather take the person who's got no Instagram presence, but a impressive uh, book of athletes and success they've had with those athletes, you know, mm. uh, because I think that always speaks more to what they're actually capable of than their Instagram profile. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd add another layer to that point about, you know, um, people coaching people who aren't necessarily top tier athletes or something like that it, it becomes self-fulfilling as well you can have crazy ideas that you apply to a, a population who isn't developed in the weights room and you're still probably going to get a, a decent result just yeah, because man. of their lack of experience and when you uh, coach beginners everything works so you and can have that super technical model and it, it works perfectly. Look at this. This is case in point. It works. Exactly. Exactly. And it's only, it's only when you've got the experience that you can read or look at something like that and be like, that won't work because of this. And the experience is kind of like, I know it won't work because I've tried something or I've tried something very similar. Um, or the experience kind of dictates, well, I've got a predictable model and I don't want to chance something so unpredictable unless I've got a really good justification to include that. Because um, don't get me wrong, you know, the, the I, keep, I I don't know what, it, what else to call it besides the modern coach, you know, the modern coach being um, hyper-informational. Um, the modern coach has served a really, really important role in terms of challenging uh, archaic beliefs. Yeah, you know, it's it's served a really important role, and it still serves it. Like I read some some of these things from people who aren't in positions of power when it comes to you know coaching high level strength athletes or something like that. And I read some of the stuff they say, and I you have to sit there as as someone who is involved in this world and be like, okay, my knee jerk reaction is to kind of disagree with it and be like, well, you don't know because you don't coach these people. But that's a that's a bad approach. You wanna you wanna read it and be like, okay, is there validity to this? Can I find out? Can I find a way to see the other side of the coin? Is there reason to rebut this? Is there reason to consider this? And if you do that, it might influence your methods a bit. It might it may make you stop and think. And and more than anything, it helps you to justify whether what you're doing is adequate, is uh, based on whatever knowledge experience that you've built up, or is just dogma is just something that you've said to yourself forever that you believe whether or not you've tested if it's true 
Yeah, man. And I think this is actually a point that I sort of brought up in this the uh, collaborate with your coach thing. But I think from from my own developmental process, one of the most eye-opening things has been to go back and write out my technical model and, and put all these things into systems because suddenly you have to sit there and question all of these processes that you have been doing subconsciously if you've been doing it for a while. You know, like I'm approaching... 10 or 11 years of coaching full-time uh i've been doing this shit for a while now and so there are things in there that i do without second thought and so by going back and and rehashing these things and and writing them down and putting them into a a logical thought out process you, you i think see a lot of i've certainly seen a lot in my own stuff of like well, what the fuck are you talking about here that's like either you don't believe that anymore or you're framing it in a way that doesn't make the point that you're trying to make or something like that, you know? And I think in the end, uh, I, I've sort of said to a couple of people recently, I said it to my girlfriend, she laughed in my face, which is always a good indicator that I'm onto something good, um, <laughs> was that the, the reality of like what I do for a living deep down is I tell stories. I'm a storyteller. Mm. And I really like that because I, I really enjoy telling stories. I enjoy telling a good story regardless of what it's about because I enjoy like I enjoy performing in that respect you know and so for me there are aspects of that that coaching process that's been about adding to the story right or taking back from the story and being able to have this conversation that is an evolving conversation with an athlete that starts from the moment they inquire about my coaching services and that story never stops it, it continues through the whole thing right and so the more you can use other people's viewpoints to inform your story and and see the holes in your story and see the maybe the things that you miss or those dogmatic things, I think that the more you're going to be able to get out of the whole process, right? And the more effectively you're going to be able to communicate with the people that you're trying to serve. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're good at telling stories, so that helps. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> it's one of those things that I look I look back on like, you know, growing up and stuff where I'm like, oh, like yeah, there was definitely aspects of that where it's like, oh, you know, that story that we're going to tell, we'll just default to letting John tell it because mm. he tells it better than the rest of us. It's like, oh, actually, I've managed to turn that into a career and I really like that. You know, there's something to that as well in terms of like staying true to yourself and your methodology is that, you know, we're sold this idea as, as coaches that you have to constantly be evolving and growing. And I agree that you do need to be constantly learning growing um but there's never any parameters given to that you know there's yeah. nobody saying the opposite which is it's actually okay to keep doing what you're doing you know and to to grow in the sense that you're doing fundamentally the same skeleton of what you're doing but you're adding some flesh to it you know yeah um, man. because like I, I think of um uh geez i don't know i, I think of aspects of my coaching uh, just for example so where, where this idea even came from um you know, when I step back and again, I look at the modern coach and I see something just like a technical approach where it's like, okay, there's no, the modern coach says there's no such thing as perfect technique, make it self-organizing. The average modern coach, I should say, not every modern coach. There's no such thing as perfect technique. Let it be self-organizing. But then when they go to teach technique, they're going to teach their way. So they do yeah. believe that there is a technique. However, if the person can't adhere to what their way is, they're just like, okay, well, that's okay because there's no such thing as perfect technique. It's like this self-fulfilling circular reasoning prophecy, right? Um, and I think, uh, you know, when it comes to staying true to my beliefs, I, I'm, I'm a coach that's very much like 
you come to me, I want you to represent my brand, my service, my product. I want you to do what I tell you to do. So am I going to collaborate with you? Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to collaborate with you. But it's very much going to be like me calling the shots, you know, yep. rather than the hype man and the guidance man that's like, yeah, that's pretty good. You can pick your own weights. You can decide your own technique. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you how to do it uh, because that's my style of coaching. And so when I think of growing and evolving, it's like, how can I continue to learn and grow and evolve so I can make that aspect, my coaching style, better? Mm. Um, and I, I think it's important for everyone to hear the message that, it's totally okay to stay true to what you believe uh, at its core and to change things around that. Yeah, yeah. And my evolution has been very similar, right? Like my, the fundamental underpinnings of my technical understanding haven't changed that drastically over the last, let's call it five years where I've like really been putting thought and effort into developing it, right? Because the first little while I was just kind of winging it uh, as we, I think, all were. (laughs) Um, and over the last five or six years, I've definitely put a lot, and certainly in the last three, maybe three or four, I've put a lot of like real deliberate thinking time into developing this model to the point where like one of the points I made in that episode was like, I spent like several hours thinking about a definition of training, <laughs> um, you know, like just the word training and like why I use that and things around like the nuance of language and the way we frame discussions and all of these things that I've that have added to my my process and my coaching philosophy and my model and they haven't drastically changed it they've just shaved the sides off and made it more nuanced and more effective right because you know i think you start and certainly i i and again was reflecting on this just the other day uh a lot of the stuff i read early on in the the coaching career process was about like having a coaching philosophy and those sort of things. And and I spent a lot of time trying to have a coaching philosophy, but just always came back with these like sort of bullshit platitudes that just didn't actually really encompass what I was trying to do because I think I was trying to define what I was doing before I knew what I was doing. Right. And so it was those few years of figuring that shit out. And like, I, you know, I go back and find the occasional documents like, oh, here's my coaching philosophy. And it's just a bunch of jargony wank fest bullshit. Right. Um, and now that I have a way better understanding of what it is that I do and how I do it and the processes that go into that. Now I can go back and, and sort of uh, not retrofit, but reverse engineer my coaching philosophy. Because mm. now I have a philosophy, right? Because I've mm-hmm. developed that philosophy over time. And I think this is sort of to the point that Angus was making in his post is that you like you got to eat shit a little bit. you got to make some mistakes. you got to figure these things out in a way that no business coach is ever going to teach you, right? They're, because the, the business, especially when they're selling you business coaching, it is sales and marketing coaching, which is not the same thing. And, and I have had this experience with business coaches it's like, cool, like we got a bunch of leads, but you didn't actually make my business any better or help me facilitate mm-hmm. making my business any better uh, because that's not my problem. My problem is the back-end systems processes and all the, the important shit, right? That is then, again, built off years of trying things, failing miserably, losing clients over it, and then being like, well, you fucked that up. Let's do this better next time. And I think until you've had some of that experience you run into that problem of like, here's my model. Oh, you don't fit my model, but I want to keep you as a client. So we'll just tell you it's fine anyway. And then you are, like you said, just not staying true to what you believe. Cause like you said, if, if what you believe is that, then 
you should be able to direct the people that you're working with in that direction, right? And mm-hmm. for me, the I think the thing, like I put a video up the other day about like does good technique really matter? And that was aimed less at the power lifter in my audience than it was at the general strength and fitness client, which is actually probably makes up at least 50% of my sort of membership client base. Uh, and the, you know, the premise of that is that like for most people, good enough's good enough. Right. And that's where my, uh, like model has shifted towards is having a, a broader lens has allowed me to know when nuance matters and when nuance doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Cause in some cases, the nuance of foot position in your squat makes a really fucking big difference. And in some cases, you just spend time creating this thought process in a client's head about how their foot position is wrong and now they can't do it right. And you just create, again, this self-fulfilling prophecy of this client who perpetually needs help and adjustment and things like that, right? So for me, the the evolution that I've most enjoyed is being able to have a, a broad brushstrokes approach to this is how it all works and then being able to dive into the nitty gritty in each aspect of that based on who the person in front of me is right and i think that's the that's the ideal point to be at with when it comes to the modern coach is having all of this information the ability to discern these things and speak on nuance and and little aspects of it, but also know when it's important to just shut the fuck up and let the person in front of you work hard. You know, like, because some people don't like, don't need a fucking explanation about how, like the, one of the, the stories I tell in sort of teaching people how to, how to move is this idea of like uh, an evolutionary approach to movement, right? It's Pat Davidson's chimp spine versus human spine and that whole discussion, right? Cause it's, I find a, it's a fascinating story. I enjoy telling it and it's a really useful way of getting these concepts across. Some people enjoy that. Some people just don't need to fucking know that bit. And so we can just ignore it and skip past it and go to straight to whatever that first point is, right? Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's that's the compromise that I think works really well. Mm. Uh, fuck. And I mean, like, you know, you know how to control that because of your experience. Like, yeah. You've got a shitload of knowledge and you know when to turn it on and off because of your experience. And I think that's the, I mean, it's, it's the crux of the issue with the modern coach learning all of this stuff and then having no idea how to how to package it in a way like so much of coaching is getting people to do stuff without them realizing that you're getting them to do it and that's the reality of it yeah and that's that's my favorite bit as a coach it's like you're just figuring out okay i'm i know what this person wants i know what i want for this person my job is to get that outcome out of it they don't need to know my entire thought process and the reasons why and again, it's one of these things that we're, we're never told. We're told, oh, it's good to, you know, not just tell the person what to do, but also why they're doing it. Because that shows your understanding. It's like, it is good to do that within reason. Yeah. And um, I mean, this, is, this isn't even a new problem. We went through this. You no, and I, exactly. you know, yeah. we, we are like the generation that got away from, we're the transition generation, right? Yeah. We, tra- we created this monster that we have now. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's fucking our fault. Let's be real, right? Let's um, just exclusively blame the zero coach development program. Fuck, I think of um, I think of how I used to conduct technique sessions and the amount of shit that I would just rattle off. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you saying all this stuff? And now my technique sessions are English. Yeah. And I get such better results out of it because I just, it's to the point, people actually care what I'm saying because it's relevant to them. Yeah. Um, it actually helps them do what they need to do. And I can still provide a little bit of education within that, which is basically like, 
this should feel like this because you're doing it this way not this needs to do this because this muscle acts on this joint and at this point in time and that's really important to protect this blah 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 who cares just fucking do the thing and a little tiny bit of information and it's okay for you to hear that it's okay for you to hear that you don't have to tell everyone why they're doing what they're doing you don't have to tell people your thought processes um and it just comes back to this whole instagram thing which is like who are you actually talking to you're trying to talk yeah. to prospective pr- pr- clients or are you trying to swing your metaphorical dick to everyone else uh in terms of how smart you are because no one cares yeah exactly yeah and if anything as a professional coach if i see you slinging technical jargon on your instagram i immediately think you're an idiot because you're using those words to hide the fact that you don't actually know what you're talking about because if you actually know what you're talking about you can say it without those words i listened to um Driving to and from the coast uh, last weekend, weekend before, I went on a Luke Tulloch binge and listened to um, to a couple of different podcast episodes, one with Eugene Tiao and Luke Tulloch and one with Luke on, I think, on RX Radio. Um, and uh, one of the fascinating things he said is um, one of his sort of guiding philosophies in, in creating content is kill the words, uh, which I fucking love because I definitely went through that phase of like, feeling like I needed to justify my knowledge with technical jargon and concepts and things like that. And I think for me, part of that was definitely like an inferiority complex, right? Like I came into coaching without a university degree, I've done Sir 3, Sir 4, and that's about it. And the rest I've kind of taught myself. And so there are times where I've felt inferior in my knowledge, despite having all the evidence to prove that I know well and truly what I'm talking about, right? Because I've been able to get results for clients for a very long time. And it's only in the last few years that I've gotten to a point myself where I'm confident enough in my ability that I don't feel the need to use those technical terms, right? And I can like have that conversation if you want. If, if we want to talk technique and nuance and throw all the words around, fuck yeah, we can talk about infrasternal angles and shit like that. But like the average person doesn't need to know what an infrasternal angle is. You know, like I had this conversation with someone the other day. I was like, look, I can... I can tell a lot about how you're going to move by how you walk through the door. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, look at your rib cage. Look at my rib cage. We're built differently. Look at our training backgrounds. Like you can start to see these patterns. That was as deep as the conversation went. Like we didn't need to talk about expansion and compression and mm. rib cage shapes and things like that. I just need to show you that we're built differently. And that probably speaks to our training history and those sort of things. And, and when you watch enough people move, you see patterns because we're all humans who have shoulders and hips and rib cages and spines that largely function the same. Uh, and I think being able to be confident enough in your abilities to be able to have these discussions without needing the technical jargon is the point we should all be aiming to get to. Because mm-hmm. like, fuck, man, if you can't explain it to your four-year-old son then what the fuck's the point? And as far as I'm concerned, that's all I care about at this point is being able to explain these concepts to my kid. And if he can get it, well, then fuck anyone can. Because like powerlifters are dumb, but you know, four-year-old's a four-year-old. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I don't really have anything else of value to add. We're just going to keep going around in circles. Yeah, well, you know, maybe that's what the modern coach is about, just going around in intellectual wank fests of circles. Maybe. Well, here's our official apology to the industry for creating this monster, but... Uh, we're doing what we can to correct it are we or are you just perpetuating it by teaching your own systems and shitting on everyone else's because we all know that's what you really do to behind closed doors no i don't shit on anyone else's system don't you have like three whole weeks of like this is why this system sucks no. these guys are Shut all dickheads up. fuck 
they don't discredit my program i don't do any of that it's actually funny you know when you were saying before um i can't remember what you're saying but i thought with the coach development system you know uh, one of the problems that i've tried to solve oh it's with the business coaching thing you know eating shit and and developing a product because that's essentially what you're saying you know business coaches teach marketing and sales and you can have all these leads but yeah, if, if you have your a product shit, eats dick yeah, yeah if, you, if your product shit then you, you're just not you're either going to sell stuff and then the person's going to be like oh this product sucks i'm leaving or yep. you're not going to sell anything in the first place because your product sucks and you've got yep. no social proof for it or something like that yeah yeah um, so i've tried to solve that problem by providing a good product which is the product that i sell through this you know system if you want to call it that uh, but i mean it doesn't matter you can have the the you can have exactly the same thought process knowledge information that i have but you still have to deliver it and you know mm. th- at the end of the day like it's not like selling burgers where you cook the recipe and it doesn't matter who you are as a cook, you follow the recipe. It's like the recipe is determined by the you know, artistic swag that a chef puts on it, right? And so as coaches, you've got your own personality. And if you, if you can't connect with people and talk with people, then you're limited again. It's, it's yeah, it's really interesting. I, I, sometimes, you know, people come through the, the doing education this just happens people come through the program um and they're you know maybe they talk about they're struggling to get clients or struggling to keep clients or whatever and you can just tell that they're not very good with people you know they're not a Mm. people person they either haven't learned that skill or they don't have that skill and it's not something it's quite you can't just say that because you don't actually know how they are with people you only know how they are with you and if they are with you how they are with other people that's concerning but i can't and you can't teach that i can't say hey you need to be better at people you know it's and i mean fuck i'm that guy i was the like worst of the worst people person when i started the gym it's something that i had to learn very quickly to be like oh actually you have to be able to have a conversation with someone you better learn how to do that otherwise you're going to have no clients yeah man and that's i think uh, I've and one of the points I've like in you know, putting together a, a mentorship or whatever you want to fucking call it because uh, apparently you've claimed coach development program so it can't be that uh, but in putting together that one of the first points I make in this like the whatever is going to be the first lecture or whatever you want to call it in this process is like coach people not machines like mm-hmm. it's once you get past the like oh we're coaching people everything else is secondary to that because if you can't create the relationship with the person from the start then you're fucked you will never get them to do what you want it'll never work out well they won't get the results you want you know and that's where the best technical model in the world serves you very poorly if like you're okay at talking to a camera in your bedroom because you film instagram content but you fucking suck at having conversations with people in general life because talking to a camera is one thing talking to a real life person who has questions and sometimes they're fucking weird questions that come out of left field and you've just been like I don't understand how you got to that assumption, but here we are answering this weird-ass fucking question that I was never expecting. If you don't know how to think on your feet and be able to have these conversations, then you're doomed to fail in this industry. Mm-hmm. And you know how you're going to develop that empathy? Fucking experience. Yeah. Doing it, right? All right. Give us five stars. Do all the rest of it. We love you. Bye. Goodbye.